Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. Today we have Linda Cormier. She is a mom, a CEO, and a lover of joy and positivity. Linda is also a speaker, an expert, and a leader in the personal development space. Today we're going to be chatting about purpose, joy, and staying connected to both of these during chaotic times. Linda, welcome so much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I was really exciting to get to connect with you. Awesome. So that was my little introduction. I'd love it if you could take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, I was born and raised in Southern California. I think one of the most interesting things about my life is that my mother is originally from Central America, from Nicaragua. And my dad is blonde hair, blue eyed surfer. And so I grew up in Southern California, but with 27 first cousins that all spoke Spanish. And I don't look like I would speak Spanish at all. Um, But I had this incredible upbringing, um, really with two different cultures. And, you know, that was, I think, I think that was a really important part of my upbringing. Uh, Fast forward, I'm running a company and I I had the good fortune of finding my purpose at a pretty young age. I was only 26 and I kind of accidentally started doing professional speaking when it wasn't even a thing back then. I'm really dating myself now, but (laughs) (laughs) it was like 30 years ago. Um, So I've always done speaking and training and leadership and personal development. And I had a, a tremendous influence in my life that was connected very much to coach John Wooden. Okay. And so a lot of my expertise is around that. And then started a company with my husband about 15 years ago now. So when someone says like, what do you do? It's like, well, depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. So let's get right into this. Um, as you alluded to, and as I said in our introduction, we're going to be talking about purpose and joy. So how do we as busy women, as working moms, as people who are trying to juggle all of the things that we have going in our lives and our own needs and the schedule of our whole households, how do we start if we're trying to stay connected to our purpose during these busy times? I think the first two things that come to mind, one is perspective. Um, you know, I mentioned my dad when I talked about myself, but I lost my dad unexpectedly and I was only 22. Wow. And I think from, you know, that's pretty young. And, and then, so from that moment, I was t- 
taught that life, you know, tomorrow's not promised. And, and that, that kind of perspective really keeps you connected to joy and purpose and recognizing, you know, it sounds trite. Sometimes I'll say like every precious moment of life is really a gift. And I think sometimes unless you've had that ripped away from you, you kind of don't have, you can imagine it, but you don't always have that perspective. So I think that was a really, that's an important influence for me. And, and what I would, you know, share with people is that really recognizing that every single day is a gift. And so if you start, that's the first thing is, is perspective is recognizing to really try and cherish those moments, even the chaotic ones, you know, any, any time that we're feeling something, I feel like just the capacity to feel is a miracle. You know, it, it, even if what we're feeling is sucky or, or not great, we're feeling and we're alive. And that, and that kind of perspective of the gift of life, that's a big thing. And, and then I think finding joy and, and staying connected to purpose in that chaos is, is about it's being present. And, and I know, you know, that's, it's a big topic and people say it all the time, but it's, it's really a choice. And when you're present in the moment, you're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. And I think that there's a capacity for joy in the moment when it's not sandwiched between worry or regret. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So what if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, that's great, but I'm not sure what my purpose is. How do we start? I'm sure that's not something for one episode, but how do we start to clarify and really nail down what our unique purpose is? Well, I love this question and I have two different worksheets. I work with a lot of women in developing their purpose and developing what their natural gifts are. And they should combine, you know, they should integrate. So if you're not sure what your purpose is, I think one of the very first questions is what inspires you? If, if you ask yourself, what inspires you, what kind of ignites you to do something? So I'll give you an example. There's times where you have to set an alarm clock because you have to wake up at a certain time and you have to do something. And then there's other times where you feel like, I get to do this. Not I have to, but I get to. And I think we've all had those moments where I don't, you don't need to set an alarm. Like your internal ignition is set to go. And so asking yourself, what inspires you? One of the a really great question that's part of this worksheet that I have, there's like 10 questions, but the very first one is, what were you doing the last time that you felt unstoppable? Mm. What, what were you doing the last time that you felt like you had a lot of energy and you were filled with joy? And I was like, I don't know if your listeners, but I was talking to the, the, the funniest answer that one time was sex. And I was like, okay, well, that's not exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> but that's good too. <laughs> um, but, you know, what activity, where were you, what were you doing that you felt that? And that's a starting point, obviously not an end point, but it's a starting point. Um, I think that the more clear we are on what our natural gifts are, Mm -hmm. it really contributes to identifying purpose. Um, And I think for a lot of women that I work with, there's like this revelation that some of their natural gifts are actually really high value. Mm, Okay. Because someone who's, you know, the things that come easy to us, we don't think of it. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know? 
So, so that's a big part of it too. So does this boil down, like when people work with you and they're going through these exercises and doing the worksheets and kind of doing the work to figure out their purpose, is it something that if you meet someone at a cocktail party and you're like, hey, nice to meet you. If if I ask one of your former clients, what's your purpose? Do they have like an elevator pitch that they can tell me what it is? Is it yeah, sure and sweet? Or- yeah, no, I think some of them would be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working with a woman and, and she discovered, and you know, your purpose, it's not finite. Nope. <laughs> it's not, you know, it doesn't like begin and end. I thought when I had my children, I was like, oh, this is why I was born, was to bring them into the world. And that is part of my purpose, but it expanded beyond that. Um, so yeah, I think some of the people that I work with, especially the entrepreneurs, I work with business owners and entrepreneurs and you know, executives or other CEOs who really want to get clear because when you're clear on your purpose, one of the questions that's connected to that is what's my desired outcome within this? And so I'm a real advocate of asking questions of yourself. What's your desired outcome within this moment and within this activity and within this week and year and life? Like what's the high desired outcome? But so, yeah, I mean, some of the people that I work with would for sure be able to tell you, yeah, my purpose is to have as many orphans as possible saved from their situation. And the the way that I do that is I build this business and I contribute and I give back because I've raised my family and now I want to make sure that these orphans are safe. And that has become her purpose. Sure. So, and when I hear you say, you know, this is your purpose and it has this interconnectedness with the desired outcome from this meeting, this day, this time with my family, whatever it is, that to me sounds like being very intentional at every single level, that this purpose is driving your intention and that you're committing to be intentional with that time because you're looking to get something specific out of this day, this week, this month, your life. I... I think that when people are very connected to their purpose, it's almost who they are. Um, so it, and if, if I heard you correctly, I, I think I heard like to get something out of this day. And, and I have, there's a, a thing with the word get for me. It's like, I try and replace it with the word give because okay. so much of our purpose is about giving of ourselves to other people. It's giving our gifts to, to serve the world and making a difference for other people. But I think when I say, what's your desired outcome? One of the things I mean by that is like, you know, every morning I, I raised two girls. I was working for a big part of that time. I was kind of a single mom. I went through a divorce before I got remarried. So I I mean, like my desired outcome was to make it through the day, to get sure. them to the doctor's appointments or to school and to still somehow be sane at, 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 when they were younger and working. And I, I was only able to have one in each arm. Like I know <laughs> I have such admiration <laughs> for more than, you know, two. Um, but the desired outcome is, is it's really about, and I, and I guess I should preface it when, when I say, what's your desired outcome? It's for me, the desired outcome is always that at some point during the day, I'm going to make a difference in somebody else's life. 
And so staying connected to that, that's a big part of, it's not a concrete thing. It's not like a very specific thing. It's like, check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a difference that's positive in somebody else's life. Knowing that at the end of the day, I kind of did the best that I could, even if it was 60% of what I'm capable of. But on that day, that 60% was the best that I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that question does help. I, I, I'm not big on creating agendas or setting like, you know, I've worked with my husband and we'll go into a meeting. He's like, okay, so how are we going to, and he wants to plan out the whole meeting. And I'm like, well, no, like what's the desired outcome? If we want to have a good relationship with this potential vendor, we want to explore the possibilities. Let's just see where the conversation goes. Sure. It's more open-ended than a concrete. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. All right. I don't know. Sometimes we take a little left turn and that's fine. It's good to hear the discussion. So when I hear you talking about being present, so being present in this very moment is the absence of sort of reliving, regretting, or kind of on repeat what has happened and not yet worrying about what could or would or should or is going to happen in the future. So as a mom, that's something that I definitely struggle with because I feel like I am perpetually, I don't dwell on the past so much like sometimes, but I am perpetually thinking about who needs what, when in the future. So if our listeners are struggling with that, what are some tips to help them kind of refocus or be present in the moment? I so relate to that, you know, and I think all of us, and and even in the description of your podcast, it's the word balance, I think Mm -hmm. is in there because really being present is, helps us find that balance. It's really the answer to the elusiveness of balance in our lives. So one of the things I would say is, especially as a mom, then you're like, who needs what, when, and where, and how, and all that, that's kind of in our mind. I think making a decision you know, not being present 24 seven, but making a decision, like if you're going to sit down and this, uh, this is what I did. And honestly, I'm so fortunate because teaching team building for so long, your family's a team. Mm -hmm. So all the same stuff applies. And so I would be teaching this to a team and then go, Oh, I can do this. I can do this with my kids. And so if I was, you know, that I had two girls and they're three years apart. So when they were like, seven and 10, they still loved playing with Barbies. So we would sit down and I would say, okay, for the next 20 minutes, we're just going to play Barbies. Mommy's not going to think about work. Mommy's not going to talk about what we're going to do tomorrow or what's for dinner. Let's just play Barbies for 20 minutes. They may not have a concept of time, Mm -hmm. but you're verbalizing and you're giving life to that moment and to to that desired outcome Mm -hmm. of having 20 minutes because 20 minutes of presence is better than five hours of being with mom who's trying to do 17 things at once. And so that's one of the recommendations. And then also for me, it was hard. Like I remember cooking dinner or, or, and I'm at the sink and like chopping celery and, and like my brain as I was, and I was just like, you know what? I'm feeding my children. I stopped at the sink and I'm like, I'm just going to be present for this moment. I'm taking the celery off. I'm cutting the celery and I'm just filling it with love because these kids right now are everything to me. And I just, I need to be present for this nurturing moment of, and it sounds silly, mm-hmm. 
just these little habits sometimes would anchor me back to just that moment. It, not 24 seven, but those moments get strung along to more presence throughout the day. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I hear a lot of moms saying that they're struggling with is transitions. So transitioning from I wake up first thing in the morning and I'm doing things for me and I'm a human and then I'm my kids wake up and then I'm a mom and then my spouse needs me and then I'm a wife and then I get to work and I need to be a professional and those transitions happen throughout the day all the t- and then your your mom calls you and you're a daughter you know all of these things yeah. so yeah. what are some tips you can give us for sort of putting on and taking off the various hats that we wear throughout the day? I will say the very first word that comes to my mind is gratitude. Because when we remember that we have the capacity to do that, and when we relish in the capacity that we have, rather than it feeling like, I have to do this, I have to do this, it's a choice to say, I get to do this. And I have to say, I am so thrilled to hear all the conversations that are happening around self-care. I'm 56 and I just figured out a morning routine. <laughs> it's like, it, 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 it's, it's, and it was 2020 and the mayhem, you know, that was really where I was like, uh, and then I realized what 45 minutes isn't enough. <laughs> My morning routine of 45 minutes is enough. But I love the conversation around starting out the morning and being present for yourself and whatever that morning routine looks like. And then recognizing like, I'm so grateful that I have this time that I have the wherewithal to set my alarm to get up early, because I'm kind of filling myself up with what really is going to serve me and then serve my children and everyone else throughout the day. And then being grateful that that there's the capacity to have that transition and how dimensional we are and and the cognitive power that we have it's just kind of miraculous you know and it's what differentiates us from other beings you know other animals can't do all that stuff sure. that we do and so i think defaulting if you can to gratitude and i always wear bracelets or a watch Um, and they become little anchors for me. Like if I find myself being out of a sort or whatever, I have my bracelet or my watch and and it's like, oh, okay. And it's just kind of an anchor to bring me back. That was a strategy Mm -hmm. I learned a long, long time ago. I love that imagery of the blessing that is being able to serve the world in so many different ways. And that multidimensional, like, as you were saying that I felt like, Yes, I am. Like, yeah, like, yes, I did get to do all these things and I did get to serve the world in different ways. And that that is really great as opposed to feeling like a burden. Yeah, that's so cool. That's exactly. I did this exercise for a group. It was so many years ago and I was thinking about it the other day. I've got to find this piece of paper. But it was basically saying like the odds of you being born that your parents had to get together and their parents and their parents and all of the things that had to happen in order for you to be alive on the planet in the year and the day that you were born is like, it's it, the odds are greater than being struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we can connect to our extraordinary and our, our miraculousness and, and remembering 
gosh, I get to do this. I get to live this one and only life. Well, there may be, I don't know, maybe there's more, but I always say one and only because I don't know. That we know of, right? Yeah. I don't have all that knowledge, but like I, I think that's really what it boils down to is just loving life with all the messy and all of the stuff. It's, it's that preciousness of life that really keeps, I know for me is like my default is gratitude a lot. And I, I honestly don't know if it was, I was born that way or if losing my dad the way that I did and when I did, if that really cemented some, you know, belief systems that while it was horrific in the moment, I think if I were to reflect back on the last 30 years of my life without him, he's been with me every day in magnifying that love for life mm-hmm. because of the loss. Yeah. I mean, I think gratitude is such a powerful thing and it has the ability to shift the paradigm through which you see the world. If you start with gratitude and if you look for things to be grateful for, you will find them. Well, I think that's a really great point. And I think the other thing is that we are all naturally conditioned to be like, oh, we're grateful for our health, if we're healthy, for our happiness, for our family. So grateful I have my mom. So we're taught to be grateful for those things that are really obvious. But I don't think most of us are taught to be grateful for that big rock that we stumbled over and Mm. broke our arm. But really, if we can learn to be grateful for the experiences, because if it wasn't for that rock, if it wasn't for falling down, we wouldn't recognize the capacity that we have to grow. My sister, my sister, she feels like my sister. My oldest daughter tore her ACL when she was on a volleyball scholarship in college. And I just remember like being tested that this idea that everything that happens to us is for our good and benefit. Cause I was taught that forever. And then I was like, okay, well, this doesn't feel like there's anything good from her tearing her ACL. And I had to work at it, but I worked with her for over a year to help see what was the good in there. And there's usually good. We don't always see it immediately, Mm -hmm. but if we just know it's coming, then we can connect to gratitude earlier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hey there. We know managing money while married can be, well, a challenge. If you've been arguing about money, feeling out of sync with your spouse, or just downright ignoring those important financial discussions, it's time to try a new format for your conversations around money. It's called the Money Meeting Checklist, and it provides you the framework to get on the same page about everything from budgeting to retirement and includes practicing gratitude and making sure you're using your money for things you both love and enjoy in your marriage. You can download the free Money Meeting Checklist by clicking the link in the show notes or going to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash checklist. Download your guide to stop arguing and start agreeing about money today. So as you probably know, I have five kids who range in age from 18 down to two and a half. Four of them are boys. Our house is like a circus meets a wrestling match meets, I don't know, like WWE. So 
It is truly crazy. And I sometimes feel like there are so many live beings in our house that it's like just too much stimulation, <laughs> to be honest, to be honest. But like how do in, in the times that feel truly crazy and chaotic and out of control, how can we kind of regulate ourselves and find joy in truly the uncontrollable, because that's life is totally out of our. Con- I mean, really, yeah. there's so many things that happen that we cannot control. So, how do we sort of get in the habit or kind of train ourselves to be joyful amidst the true circus? Well, one of the words that comes to me is expectation and knowing that there's going to be times you're so not joyful and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And creating the expectation with your incredibly big, beautiful family (laughs) that sometimes you're not going to be okay. I, I, I learned this later in life, so I didn't do it with my own kids. And if I had a two and a half year old, I surely would do it now. But it's the idea that even at two and a half or four or 10 or 18 or at 50, I think about, you know, adults still needing to learn how to regulate emotion, but to help identify exactly what it is that you're feeling, like we get so caught up in, I feel good or bad. But with a two-year-old or a five-year-old or four-year-old, it's so important to say, well, I understand you're feeling sad. Do you feel, is it disappointed? Is it frustrated? Is it angry? And helping, because your kids are younger too, you can help them like, okay, well, when you feel angry, it's probably a good idea to sit by yourself. Not that I'm putting you in a timeout, but I just, maybe it's a good idea to sit by yourself and feel how you're feeling. And then you can tell them, you know how you have to figure out exactly what you're feeling? Sometimes mommy does too. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're creating an atmosphere for all the age ranges where whatever the emotions are, it's okay. But I will tell you the greatest gift that I learned around emotion and regulating emotion is it's telling you something. It's you're feeling something because it's telling you something. Try and identify what it's telling you. And if it's consuming you and you want to get back to joy, you can escort that emotion out in the same way that if you had somebody coming into your house, you already have five. <laughs> if you had if you had five more and they were tearing up your house and graffitiing and throwing China or whatever, you would say, you know what? I think it's time for you to go. And you would escort them out and then you would probably kind of clean up a little bit. And mm-hmm. so that's the same thing when we're not feeling in joy, in a place of joy, it's like, okay, I feel like this right now. Do I want it to last an hour and a half? Is that going to serve me or them? Or do I have the capacity to say, yep, I'm going to let myself have this pity party for the next 15 minutes. And then I'm going to escort that out. And I'm going to look at the faces of these crazy beings. And I'm going to recognize that just being alive with them in this moment is worth escorting out the frustration. Sure. I love that. That is some powerful imagery to really sort of name it and claim it and then say, like, you're not going to stay anymore because it you can. You can say, I'm mad and I'm going to stay mad and, or I'm going to be, you know, overwhelmed or frustrated or whatever it is. Or you can say, you know, kind of that's enough of that and <laughs> dismiss yeah. it. And if somebody did that to you, 
if you were upset with me or I was upset with you and we were in the same place and I came to you and I said, you know what? We're going to be friends forever anyways. So we know we're going to get past this. So let's just not waste any time. I'm really sorry. I hurt your feelings. And you'd be like, probably you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And, you'd, and you'd work your way out of it and we would be okay. So we can do that with ourselves. If we can do that with a spouse or a friend, we can do that with ourselves. We can have that conversation. It's like, I'm going to be happy at some point anyways. Mm-hmm. So I have a choice. And that is a privilege to be able to have that choice. Sure. And it's also an empowering reminder that we do have that choice if we can sort of get enough perspective or kind of get a view on the situation and exercise that choice. Because that choice exists throughout the day for all emotions and all of the things. And sometimes you have to kind of take a little bit of a step back to say, yes, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what's my desired outcome? Right. Is my desired outcome to experience joy? Well, then I'm, I better choose it. Right. And that it is, in fact, an action that you're choosing, that it's not a passive, it's not like the emotions are in the driver's seat and they get to choose, you know, they get to decide, but you get to choose how you're going to feel and what you're going to embrace and sort of amplify in that moment. I love that. Yeah. Very, very cool. So you teach about heroic joy. What is heroic joy? I just can't tell you how grateful I am that you asked that question because it was such a powerful moment for me when I was like revisiting what it is that I do and my brand and everything. So here's my, here's what heroic joy is. I think everybody who lives a life fully, who shows up every day, like I said, when I was raising my two kids and getting them to school on time and somehow trying any time that you pour your heart and soul into living And if you discover your purpose into your purpose, I think you're heroic. And I know that there are heroes like neurosurgeons to me and neonatologists that somehow save little tiny, like those are heroes, frontline heroes. Those Those are clearly heroes. But I think there's everyday heroes every single day. And, And I have to say, I have a special place in my heart for women and for moms and working moms and female entrepreneurs that are really like, just living life as fully as they can. To me, that's a hero. And, and so to me, that's heroic. And then joy, it's being and feeling. So it's being loving and feeling love. It's being generous and feeling generosity of spirit. It's, it's the being and the doing of love and compassion. And so I think for me, joy, it's being and and experiencing love and, and joy and generosity and compassion and optimism and authenticity. And it's like all the good words. It, it, it encompasses all the good words, but it's embodying it. Yes. So talk to me more about the process of walking through and getting in the habit of showing up fully in your life. If if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds amazing. I know I have not been doing that. Where do we go from here? 
Well, I always defer. There's two, I guess, concepts that I teach. One is the 10 greatest gifts. And one of the 10 greatest gifts is to be fully present. One of them is to receive with joy and celebration because we, we aren't always taught to receive well, but that keeps us in a place of joy. So there's the 10 greatest gifts. And then there's these um, principles of vision, belief, personal responsibility, team, gratitude, and desire. And almost every challenge I've ever faced in my life, I have found the answers in these kind of principles, either in the 10 greatest gifts or in these five breakthrough, it's five and then six, the underlying one. It's knowing, being clear about what you want, believing it can happen, believing in others, believing in things being possible, taking personal responsibility to step in. I, I believe that our dreams are both our responsibility and our privilege to manage. Mm-hmm. And so those personal responsibilities, taking action, recognizing we're not put on this planet alone and, and we're a part of a team and being grateful for those boulders that come to us and how, and how to do that. And then fueling the desire to live a life fully. And it's funny because I, I guess people would say I, I am spiritual, but not really religious. And so I have friends who know like words from either the Bible or the Quran or like all the different things. They're like, what you teach is there, it's there, it's there. And I don't know all those places, but it does feel for me, I have a, you know, I think we're stars wrapped in skin. I think that we're amazing beings and and miraculous just by being alive. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that if someone's listening and they have a dream, I love that imagery that it is, you know, your responsibility to chase it and also a privilege to be here and be able to do just that. That is very, very cool and very powerful reminder for sure. Well, I feel like even if people don't realize their dreams, they don't maybe know what they are. Sometimes they get kind of dusty because life gets in the way of them. I really do think we have to listen to those messages from our soul because life expands through humans. Ideas come through people. Evolution Mm -hmm. happens because we act on those dreams. And so I think it's, yeah, it feels like if you have some stirring or some sense, like maybe there's more, maybe I could do more, maybe I'm a little discontent in this area of the, the, my life. It's listening to that and, and paying attention to that because it's like a nudge from the universe. Like, well, maybe there's more that you can do. And, and when you do that, you're helping life. Sure. Very cool. All right. If there was one thing that you could tell every mom that's listening to this, what would it be? Well, my standard answer to like piece of advice is to open your mouth and your heart at the same time. When you're disciplining, when you're having a conversation, be open hearted with your words and, and who you are and, and use your voice, trust it. Um, that's my standard answer. But For whatever reason, I do also want to share because I've been through raising two girls that are now 27 and my youngest will be 24 on Sunday and they are my best friends. I never, I never could have imagined that joy 
of what that looks like. And there's times where you, you don't want to be a friend. You have to be a mom and all of that. But what I would want to tell all the moms is have faith that every chapter holds beauty and miracles and extraordinary depth of relationship that is worth every tear and every sweat bead and it's worth it. Yeah, there's nothing that I can even imagine that's better than that. And to have faith that each chapter builds on itself and there's no end point. It just keeps enriching. So good. So good. You are such a beautiful and eloquent speaker. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Sure. All right. So where can our listeners go to find you to consume more of your awesome teachings and to connect with you online? I, I'm, I have Instagram and Facebook. I have a little bit of help with it because it's not my, is it not like my natural thing? Um, But I do respond every time somebody sends me a DM, I always go and I respond to that. And then just my website, you know, it's just my name, lindacormier.com. And I've been, um, not really proactive, like with blogs and stuff, but I do do coaching classes and, and I have community that, um, they fill up kind of quick. So I don't do them very often. I'm in a really fortunate position, but I love having this conversation with you. And I'm so, so open. If anybody wants to connect in any way, go to my email on my website or on Facebook or Instagram, those are the two ones that I do know that I I know how to retrieve those messages and reply. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will link those in the show notes so everyone knows where they can uh, message and connect with you. I think that this conversation is, it's so full of powerful reminders And it's definitely going to serve a whole lot of people. So thank you so much for your willingness to share of your time and of your teachings with us. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think, and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled the Podcast.